Lord. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand for Chris and the team worshiping today. I feel sweet, sweet presence in the house today. How many feel the presence of the Lord? Isn't it awesome? Now give the Lord a hand for being here today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, we did have a, a training, or uh, training, but a class on um, fasting uh, Wednesday. We have another one this Wednesday, which uh, Caleb was so kind to mention. But I did want to say that um, if you plan on fasting and you want to do the fast, if you miss Wednesday, we still have some uh, handouts for over there on by that table. There's some handouts for people that are going to fast. I mean, I only have a limited amount, but if you want it, if they go uh, we finish them up. I'll make some more, but um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna make sure we do some faster. Then also um, on the podcast, if you go to SalemFirst.com, you could get the Wednesday night service was recorded, so you could get that instruction that goes with it. So don't think because you miss Wednesday, you're gonna miss out on all that not eating. Okay, you still get to get blessed. So that is a blessing. I also wanted to just mention that um, we have, um, you know, with Nahi, the spoken word, it's, uh, it's amazing, brother, been through everything you can think of almost to come out with Jesus Christ in his life, and he's just a powerful testimony. Um, I definitely want uh, young people to come and then um, take the flyer that's in the bulletin and invite somebody because it'll be something you definitely want to share with others. And one other announcement is we have um, we have a volunteer sign-up gathering. That's what we call it. But uh, it's just a gathering for volunteers. If you want to, if you want to be a part in doing something in this church, there's so many different opportunities. We have greeters, we have ushers, we have teachers, we have small groups, we have hospitality. We're going to have a parking lot committee. Eventually, we'll want somebody out in the parking lot when people come up where we could um, help them get out of the car, come to the place if it's raining, bring an umbrella for them. You know, that type of thing. You know, kind of like, hey, we want to welcome you in this church. We want you to enjoy this place. And so there's all different things. So what we'll do is we're going to gather on, on uh, February 4th. And what we'll do is after service, we'll have a, uh, some food out in the foyer. We'll eat a little bit afterwards, and then we'll come back in and just have a small little sign-up kind of informational time and uh, time, too, to appreciate uh, volunteers that have already been volunteering, too. So if there's any questions, call the office, and we'll be happy to make that clear for you. So everybody doing all right? Say what? Y'all doing all right? I don't know about you. I just feel kind of good today. I don't know if it's because this place is all free now. I feel like jumping over everything and doing backflips. One time I was preaching, check this out. One time I was preaching at this small little church. It was a seven-day Adventist church, and the reason why we were there, because they have church on Saturday, so they could rent the church on Sunday. Does that make sense? Well, anyway, one time I was talking about how I was doing, um, I, I, how I um, made a mistake at work, and I felt so bad that I just felt like running and hiding. 
and I don't know what happened to me. They had like a, a, pew, a pew like this, but it went onto the balcony. I dove over it, did a flip, and landed on my feet. I was like, what? I was like, man, Holy Ghost had to be in that because I should have had a broken neck. But I feel kind of that way today. I feel like running. I feel like I just feel a great excitement in my heart because I believe that we're at a place, a, 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 a fork in the road where Salem first has opportunity to go exceedingly above what we can think or ask. And I believe that even the, the fasting, as we do fasting and praying, and it's cool that the kids learned about prayer today. I was like, hey, that's pretty cool, slick, man, talking about prayer. But what, what it is, I believe we're at a, at a historical point and a monumental point in this church right now. Somebody say, yeah? Come on. Come on. You don't think God could do new things? You think he's done working? You think he's finished saving souls? You think he's finished healing families? You think he's finished delivering people? I have a friend here, and I'm not going to mention his name, but I'm so glad I've seen somebody in here today. Did you get a first-time visitor packet? We're going to get you one before that. But I'm so glad that he came today. And I don't want to put him on the spot because he was shy to come, but he said, since I met you, I think I'll come to that church. And he's here today. So everybody give him a hand. You don't know who he is, but give him a hand. So he gets to see how crazy I am when I'm up here preaching. He's like, dang, bro, what's up? Say what? No, it's going to be all the time. Come on. But I believe God is ready to do a mighty work. And it doesn't take all of us to fast and be at this age where I'm not discouraged at all about who came, but I believe that more of us are going to take up that, that cross and take up that, that, that tool of fasting and praying so that we can make a difference in this community, in our own personal life, and in the life of this community, in this church, in this nation. I believe that. Because, you know, um, it doesn't take a lot of people for God to do great things, does it? Remember Gideon when he had his soldiers, he had all these people. He's like, I could win these people. He said, no, 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 that's too many. Go have them lick the water. Whoever doesn't do it, we're going to take them out. And he kept on taking them down, bringing it down small. He made it a small amount to defeat the army. Why? Because he wanted to make sure that nobody could say, we did this on our own strength. That we're somebody, somebody bigger or better than anybody. We're nobody. You say, Brother Andrew, that's kind of wrong. No, it isn't. I'm nothing without Christ. I don't know about you, but before Christ came in my life, I wasn't too happy. I was a void without, void without a purpose and out of destiny. And I was searching like most people are out in the world, looking for God, trying to find out what is purpose, what is life about, what is joy about. But when Christ came in my life and changed my life, he gave me purpose, he gave me destiny, and he gave me the senior pastor of Salem First? What's up with that? That's crazy, guys. Because you know what? I believe that God's going to do great things. And here's what I believe. I believe that God wants us to be on the wall and to work like Nehemiah did. Anybody ever read the story of Nehemiah? It was some hard work. How many, somebody say work. It's not a dirty word. Nobody's going to say, ooh, you said work? It's not a dirty word. It's okay to work. My wife, she's from Spanish. She'll be giving us a Spanish. Come on now. Work. Because, you know, I, she tells me that occasionally when I have the broom in the kitchen. 
trabajo, mucho. But I believe, you know, and, I, and I've been wanting to, I've been dying to do a series on Nehemiah for the last couple of weeks, but God's kind of just been leading it a different way. And even today, I'm still not going to hit Nehemiah yet because what, what happened is that um, before Nehemiah built the wall, something else happened before. And what happened is that the temple was rebuilt first. And that was Ezra. And actually, the book of Ezra and Nehemiah in the, in the Hebrew canon is, is one book. And I like, Ezek- I like Ezra for one reason. The dude was off the chain. He was crazy. He was a fanatic for God. He had, he had a desire and he had strength for the Lord. And he loved the Word of God. How many love the Word of God? Come on. All right, I see all hands up. Come on, we love the Word of God. Hallelujah. That's what we want. We want the Bible. We want to go according to the Bible. We want to be like the Bible. We want to do the things the way the Bible said. And Ezra was one of those type of guys that just liked studying the Bible. And he knew the word of God. And God gave him favor with the king that was a heathen king to go and build the temple. And I think this is what we need to do even before we put our hands to work and start building this temple start building the church more and working on the walls of the church and so to say the building the foundations laying and repairing and restoring before we do all that we need to get to the word and see what the word says about the temple first because if we go out there and there's like if Nehemiah would have built that wall and did all those things and the temple wasn't built it would have been vanity how many know what vanity means Vanity is this. It's like getting a big present, all wrapped up, looking sweet, nice, full of, just looks decorated, got a ribbon. You open it up, and boom, there's nothing in it. That's vanity. God doesn't want us just to work and to be busy just to say we're busy. Because there's a lot of busy people out there. I'm busy. How many busy here? We're all busy. I know you are because they ought to see more people at prayer meeting than at 7 in the morning because you're busy, right? Well, he said, I ain't that busy. I'm just tired. But we, we continue to believe that and see Ezra. Well, let me get to this little thing about Ezra, what I like. He was an interesting guy. His name, uh, his name means helper. You know, when, and he was a son of a priest. He, he was a great ancestor of priests. All the way down to Aaron was one of his, he, he would be like a great, 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 great grandchild. Don't give up on your kids. Guess what? You might have a great, 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 great grandchild that's one of these, another Ezra coming up and raising up. Come on. When you put seeds in people's lives, you don't know what's going to happen from this generation to the generation to the generation to the generation. That's why I believe it's historic now. That's why I believe when we sow, the Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. You sow into God's kingdom. You sow to righteousness. If you don't get weary and you don't fade, guess what? You're going to reap and you're going to get the results. Hallelujah. That's why we pray. That's why we seek God, even when we don't feel it. You know, a lot of people are like, man, I don't feel, I ain't feeling it. I ain't praying because I don't feel it. Well, you know, if we go by feelings, 
guess what happens? You ain't going to make it. Because look, I love when I feel like a Christian. Today, for some reason, I do feel like a Christian. Isn't that awesome? It's sweet. But I only feel like a Christian about 30% of the time. The rest of the time, I'm just walking it out. This is what God told me to do. This is what God, this is the way Christians should live. We should live walk in righteousness. We should be praying. We, we should be seeking God. I don't feel nothing, but I'm going to do it. Then all of a sudden, oh, I feel like a Christian. I want to pray. I can't wait. Yeah. But if I live by my feelings, then I'll be in trouble. But the just shall not live by feelings. They shall live by faith. And so we walk it out and we continue to do it. And I believe as we walk it out, as we sow and we believe, God's going to make a difference for generations to come. Hallelujah. Ezra's name was Helper. And he was a great helper priest because he was um, a lover of the word. The Bible says that he was um, a person that was a ready writer. He liked to get into the script, write the Bible. He liked to talk about Jesus, God. He liked to, he had only the book of Moses, but he was thorough in the book of Moses. One translation says he was well practiced in the verses. Another NIV says he was well versed. Amplified said he was skilled scribe in the book of Moses. He was skilled. You know, how many of us need to be more skilled in the word of God? It's per, hey, look at all these hands. Man, you know, I didn't mean to. You don't have to repent. You don't have to lift up your hand. You know, it ain't repenting. Trust me, cuss me. But I'm saying this. If we got people out there that are preaching other doctrines and other, uh, other religions that are so skillful that when we get to them, we're confused and confound, there's something wrong with that picture. Amen. God wants us to be so skilled in the word of God like Ezra, be a bunch of Ezra's walking around that have a heart for the word, that have a hunger for the word, that when, we, when it's time to go to battle, we'll be like Star Wars. Trevor loves that part. He's probably in the line about a mile long. He says, it's worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it. God wants us to be skillful. God wants us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing means you could go to different books other than John 3.16. You could go to other than Psalms 23 and Proverbs 3. But you know how to get to Habakkuk. Well, you got an index. One thing I learned, I learned, um, you know, just teaching people as they get modern with the phone. You know, the phone's kind of taking over the Bible. You know that, right? For, for, or the apps and the iPads and all that, where most people aren't reading the paper anymore. It doesn't mean it ain't godly, because it's definitely godly. But the thing is, if you tell them to go to a paper Bible and find the book of Jude, they ain't going to find it. They got to get to the index because they're not used to rightly dividing and twisting and doing. I had a I had a uh, a cousin, one of Cheryl's cousin. He's a young man, graduated from college in Washington, and he spent the night at our, our house for a, a holiday. and And it was the first year I was going to read the Bible with the iPad. I read the Bible once a year. Yay! I've been doing it for 36 years. I try to read every translation that I know, Christian translations only, of course. But I read it at least once a year. And I said, well, I'm going to read it with the, the iPad because I could see 
better. How many can see good on the iPad? You could, you could do the font this big. It's like, God, that is tight. I like seeing big letters. It makes me feel more faith, you know. See a little dinky thing trying to go, oh, okay. What is that? But he told me he saw me reading the Bible with my, um, our cousin. He saw me reading the Bible with um, the iPad, and he goes, there just ain't nothing like turning those pages. I was like, bro, I've been doing that for like 35 years. <laughs> I was like shocked. He was like, yeah, he goes like, man, that's the only way you do it. No, I've been reading the Bible. I like reading the Bible right now. Guess what I'm doing this year? Something fun, and you might want to try it. The Bible in the New Living Translation, this translation that I'm going from today, said that um, it's translated so you can read it out loud and be comfortable. So what I'm trying to do is read the whole Bible out loud. That would be something to do. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So Ezra was like those type of guys that just got into the Word. He just loved to seek God. He loved the Word so bad. And he was a restorer of the temple. He thought the temple was very, very important. Actually, the king gave him so much favor that when he had so much favor to go to Jerusalem to build the temple, the king gave him gold, silver, work, every kind of thing you could think of. And it's like, why is this happening? Because the hand of God was on him. You know the hand of God is on us? God's hand is on you. God's blessing is on you. The hand of God is on you. When the hand of God is on you, you could do exceedingly above. And so what he did is he went and he, you know, built the temple. He was building the temple. And he, was, uh, he, he went there and while he was going, he gave, they gave him favor. They gave him license to do it. But he was a restorer of the temple. And, not, and Nehemiah was a restorer of the wall. So God wants us to be careful about our temple. And I just have a couple scriptures on the temple itself. Do you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? I mean, it, it might not look all religious. I mean, especially I don't look, I don't look religious when I got my hat twisted like this and, and I might have, you know, you know, my Nikes on and I'm like, yo, what's up? I don't look religious, but guess what? I'm still a temple of the living God. God is, a, we are a temple of the living God. And the Bible talks about the temple, about some of the things that we need to do for our temple. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said, do you not know that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now, and this is a, this is a, a, a great responsibility. He says, if anybody defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for this temple of, the, of God is holy, which temple you are. Wow, is that pretty heavy? Say, Brother Andrew, you, you're getting kind of deep. No, I'm not. That's Paul, man. I can't help Paul, man. He just, I said, that's Paul's word. He said that you could get destroyed. Now listen to what the Amplified says. Do you not know and understand that you, the church, are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells permanently in you, collectively and individually? And if anyone destroys this temple, corrupting it with false doctrine or destroy this temple, the, God will destroy the destroyer for the temple of God is holy, sacred, and that is what you are. Wow. Those are sobering words. We need to be careful how we guard our temple. I got a couple more scriptures here now. In Ephesians it says this. 
Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on a foundation of the apostles, prophets, and Jesus Christ, himself being the chief cornerstone. He's the chief cornerstone of our temple. In whom, in whom the whole building is being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are, and being built for the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. That's Ephesians 2, 19-20. So not only are we the temple of God individually, but we are the temple of God corporately. And God wants us to cherish and to walk humbly before our God with humility and sacredness and loving Him. You know, it's still, I know it ain't too cool, but guess what? God still don't want us to lie. God still don't want us to cuss. God still don't want us to live ungodly or to live un, unholy, to live in a place. Paul in, one, in Corinthians, he said this, what? Don't you know that you're the temple of God saying, hey, bros, because you know the Corinthians was a pretty corrupt church. You know that, right? They were having, somebody was having sex with his mother-in-law. That, that's pretty corrupt, huh? But they were moving in gifts and seemed like everything was going good. But Paul said, bro, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You guys could look all holy and everything, but you've got to be careful that this temple is guarded and taken care of. I love the scripture in Proverbs uh, 4.27. It says this, guard your heart with all diligence. We have to be so careful what we hear, what we see. What goes in our heart comes this way, through our eyes, through our ears. And we need to guard it. We need to protect it. Because why? We are the temple of the living God. Do you know the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in that temple? Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus, man. Is that awesome? God, the same spirit that when Jesus was dead for three days that rose him up from the dead, when you ask Christ to come into your heart, dwells in our body and gives us the ability to live a righteous and a godly life. Does that make us a, a perfect? By no means. Are we striving for perfection? I am. God wants us to. He said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's a, it's a hard goal, it's a hard task, and it's a lifelong goal. We're going to be striving till we're dead. Till you hear the pearly gates close on the, the door, you're going to have a battle because you're in this thing called flesh. Pinch your hand. Is it still flesh? There's some flesh right there, ain't it? That flesh wants to get angry, don't it? That flesh wants to get lazy, huh? That flesh wants to be envious. That flesh wants to lust after things that are not unlawful to lust after. Don't they? You know, there's some things you could, uh, you know, the Bible says to, um, you know, to not lust after things, but you can have strong desires after good things. And that's what God wants us to do, to have strong desires after him. So it's important. It's important. I love this scripture in, in um, 2 Corinthians. It says this. Now we, we, ha we, have, we have this shining light in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clays containing a great treasure. Even though... We are frail in our bodies and we do things and we, we're not perfect. God is still there inside of us, a treasure inside of us. 
And do we honor him as a treasure? Do we put him first? Do we seek him first? Is he the most important thing? Is Jesus Christ the life of our life? And he says this, we honor him, but we ourselves are like fragile clays in this treasure, great treasure. This makes it clear out of the great power from God that it's not from us, but from him. Amplified version says this, but we have this precious treasure, the good news about salvation in unworthy and earthen vessels of humanity, frailty. But so the grandeur and the surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be from God and is sufficient and it's not from ourselves. You know, God, when we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. Part of the Trinity, Christ comes in and he changes our life. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Why? Because the Spirit of God is in him. It's not through works. It's not what you could do. But if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, and those old things, they pass away, and behold, everything becomes new. Is that a blessing? Come on, man. What a, what a, you know, we get the good part of the deal. We can, be, we can live a nasty, stinking life, and we cry out to God, and he says, take, we say, take our life, and guess what he does? He takes our life, he forgives us, and he gives us a brand new start. What kind of deal is that? Sound like a good deal to me. Sound like a good deal to me. Come on. Sounds like a great deal to me. God's able to take and transform anybody's life. I don't care how far you've gone and how bad you've been. God is able to transform our lives. We are the temple of God, and we're made in his image for a purpose, so we could serve and love him and fulfill the destiny of God and to bring others to Christ. And that's what we're doing here at Salem First. That's why we're switching things up. We're moving a little bit. We're doing things. We're trying to do it good. Trying to do it um, at a reasonable pace. But we're believing God for great things. Am I right? Am I right, Rick? Come on, bro. We're going to believe him, man. We're going to believe him. And, but we have to take care of the temple first before we worry about all the wall and the things. And the temple is our own personal lives. How are we living? How are we acting? What is our motives? What are our, our emotions? What are, what, are we, what are we loving? Jesus said this, you should love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is the first and the greatest commandment. That's all God's asking. Isn't that crazy? God doesn't ask us to go do this. Uh, do a bunch of prayers and you better fast. And No, he says love God. Just love him. Love him with all your heart. And love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do that, you're going to take care of all the Bible. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. I know it's a kind of an interesting message, but you know what? God's about building the temple first. We can't go on the wall. We can't do all the work unless our temple's ready. We've got to have the temple ready. Got to have the temple ready. And I believe that, you know, all of, us, all of us, and this is a great time for the new year. It's a fresh start. It's a good place to be able to just say, hey, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. I want to guard my heart. I want to protect what goes in my mind and in my heart and my eyes and my ears. I want to I love you with all my soul and all my might. And I want to I be 
realize that there's a treasure deep down in my heart, and that's called the Holy Spirit, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. So what I want to do is I want to have a word of prayer, then I'm going to give an opportunity. If you, if you want to commit your life or never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's very simple. All you got to do is say, Jesus, forgive me my sins, come into my heart, and he'll come. So first I'll pray. Father, I pray, I thank you, Lord, for our church, Lord. I thank you that you are shaking us up, Lord God. You, you're moving the dust, you're pushing the cobwebs away. And you're challenging us as individuals to be the best that we can be, Father. To be good Christians, to be serving you with all our heart and all our soul. I pray that you will help us to do that. But most of all, I just pray right now for people that might want to make that fresh commitment to you right now. I ask it in Jesus' name. At this time, you can play the music. But If you've never given your life to the Lord or you want to give your life to the Lord today, I want you to raise your hand. With nobody looking around, your eyes closed, nobody looking around. It's, just a, it's not about checking on your neighbor, but it's about people making commitments to God. If you want to give your life today to Jesus, please raise your hand today and say, I want to give my heart to Jesus, Pastor Andrew. I want to do that. I've never done it before, but it's a simple act. I did it many years ago. You, you might say I've never done it before, but I did it, and I asked Christ to come in, and he changed my life, and my life has never been the same. And I know that God is with me and he's going to continue to help me to grow in his knowledge and his grace. Raise your hand if you want to um, give your life to the Lord today. I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. Raise your hand. There's other people in here that want to just give your life to the Lord. It's nothing pressure, bro. It's just, it's just asking Christ to forgive you and to come into your heart. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. I see that hand too. I see that hand. And I know I'm going to have you take a, a big step. This is a big step. I want you to come up to the altar. I won't be using the mic, but we'll come up and we'll just do a simple prayer of asking Jesus to come into your heart today. So if you want to do that, just come on down right now as, he's playing, as Chris is playing the songs. Come on down. Come on down and just, I know it's tough. It takes a lot of courage. Look at this young man. Got some courage right here, right? Some courage. It just takes some courage to come down. Come on. If you could come down and just pray with me, um, we're going to ask Christ to come into your heart. And what I'll do right now is I'm going to just um, pray with these people, but I'm going to release you guys. So if you still want to come down and pray with this young man, Ask Christ to come in your life. Please do it now, but I'll just close in prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this church. Thank you for the people that are giving their lives to you, and they're going to find out that they are the temple of God, and I thank you for that. I pray you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. You are now released, and I'm going to continue to pray. If you want prayer, come on up right now. My wife and I will pray for you.